Welcome to the inaugural episode of Meet the 618. Businesses like Ford didn't stop at the Model T. They continue to adapt and meet the needs for their audience. At the local level, Runnaman Orchards has done the same. They are located in the hills and valleys outside of Alto Pass since 1873. They're a fifth generation family farm and Michelle and Wayne Searles continue to elevate the quality and quantity of options they put out for their wholesale and market customers. I had the pleasure of talking to Michelle Searles, co-owner of the Peach and Apple Enterprise. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Michelle as we talk about the pandemic, the history of the farm, the struggles and accomplishments of the 148 year old family farm. Hello, welcome to Meet the 618, the inaugural episode, and I am with Michelle Searles of Rendleman Orchards in Alto Pass. Michelle, what's the stages of the farm? How do you do things right now in March? What are you uh, up to nowadays? Well, right now is a really exciting time. Peaches have begun to bloom, so it's the promise of the next season coming up. You say promise of the next season, and last season obviously was crazy chaotic with the pandemic we're still going through it a little bit but what was the pandemic like for a uh, family farm well it was one of the busiest seasons we've ever had um early on in march when the pandemic first hit we were just terrified not knowing if we were going to be able to be open not knowing what was going to be open even for our wholesale side of our business and things were really uncertain. We sell a huge portion of our crop to the school systems throughout the state and bordering states. And so we had to find other avenues for the crop. So it was very busy when your entire wholesale clientele changes overnight. And uh, then also just preparing with 80 employees here. What was the adapting like <clears throat> going from 2019 uh, to 2020 when there were so much unknowns from government regulations to health codes and what was the uh, the adaptation like for you and Wayne? Well, I felt really fortunate that we had a couple months to prepare. Uh, we were hiring, gearing up with our hiring process. And so since that's a gradual process from spring to full on harvest, we were able to get the hand sanitizers in. We were able to train our team gradually in small groups. We were able to schedule in some trainers that speak Spanish and that were able to train our Hispanic workers. We were also able to have a little bit of time to implement new processes and procedures, get those documented, get checklists made. And also we worked with our local healthcare uh, organization and they have the farm worker healthcare grant. And so we were able to set up a plan to get all of our incoming harvest workers uh, tested before they mixed with the rest of our year-round team. And so, you know, time was on our side since it was March when it all started and things really kick up here in June. So we were able to prepare and in a little bit better situation than other businesses that literally were dealing with it overnight. Yeah, I, I whenever I was walking around the farmer's market outdoors and, um, what was it like seeing the crowds um, this year after um, 
after so much uncertainty going into the season? Yeah, you know, you just don't know uh, how many will show up and how many people will feel safe to do so, especially with our farm market being smaller inside. So we did everything we could on the front end to prepare and make people feel safe. We had uh, mask signs up before you entered. We had hand sanitizers at every entrance, at every checkout station, in the restrooms. We also had uh, disposable masks available for people that may have forgotten theirs. But we also set up an outdoor purchasing and checkout station where we had our flower bouquet bar. You could pay for your flowers when you came in from the field there. And you could also buy your peaches or apples outside. And so there were options for people that might be autoimmune compromised or might need to stay outside if they were a caretaker of someone that was. And so that really helped. And it also helped the crowds inside because, you know, a lot of people really wanted to get out and the flower fields were just the perfect answer, really. Absolutely. Uh, the flowers were beautiful, going all the different colors, and you have a new flower field coming out, right? Yes, we have two new surprise fields this year. So one will be alongside the zinnia field, and then we'll have another succession field later in the fall that we'll be announcing on our Facebook and Instagram coming up closer to season. That's exciting. I can't wait to uh, read about that on that Facebook post. So let's take a little further back than 2020. What is the history of Rendleman Orchards um, for people who aren't familiar with the area? Well, we're a fifth generation family farm. This will be our 148th season. So we're already thinking about what are we gonna do for the sesquicentennial in just two years? You know, there's not many businesses that can say they've been no. in business 150 years, so it's gonna be a special time to celebrate the history that you reference. And uh, Rendleman Orchards started out as a small, what they would call a trucking farm where they, Rendleman's of the first generation grew just about a little bit of everything. And then over the years and in the early decades, really honed in on peaches. And we just happened to be in the perfect area in the Midwest for raising peaches. These rolling hills in the deep Southern Illinois area make it perfect for raising fruit. They're high up on the hill, they have the perfect drainage, and we just have a really wonderful climate for raising peaches. And then later apples were added, and each generation uh, brought something new and different to the farm and utilized their own talents. And every generation also seemed to add acreage to the farm. And now we have 800 acres and almost half of that is in production. And then there's a lot of land that uh, is not productive, but is wooded areas that we use uh, in the family for hunting and for four-wheeler riding and side-by-side -side riding and just walking and enjoyment and it adds to the beauty of the farm. So how did you get involved in the family? What did, how did you and Wayne meet? 
Well, Wayne and I met at SIU. I was in school for graphic design and planned to always live in a big city. And uh, so it was kind of a surprise, I would say, to myself and my family that I was going to be moving to a small town of 350 people. And, uh, you know, it was it was fun and it's been exciting. It's something I've never expected for my life. And my career has taken a lot of turns that I really did not expect. So when you first moved to Southern Illinois, did you jump right into the farming uh the farm family lifestyle or did you uh, come in at a later time? Well, actually, I recently joined the business just six years ago, and we've been married 31 years, so a large part of my career has actually been off-farm. Uh, when we first got married, I made it very clear I wanted my own thing, I wanted to use my degree, I was very much into design and grew to love marketing. And I did that for various businesses and organizations around Southern Illinois for 25 plus years. And I really loved that. I enjoyed it. It helped me meet people in the region, understand the region from many different perspectives. And I would say I also did not want to join the farm originally because it as a young person, it really overwhelmed me. The thought of carrying on a business that was somebody else's family and was multi-generational, it just seemed like a whole lot of pressure for a 23-year-old, even a 30-something-year-old. Uh, I constantly thought to myself, I don't want to be responsible for that. That's too much pressure. And, you know, it really is. There's so many family members that live right here on the farm with us, and you're responsible for their lifestyle and where their home is and also their history and their ties to the farm. But after I uh, grew in my own profession and really needed something new and different later in my career, I decided to join Wayne because I really saw he needed the help. His parents had earned their retirement by this time. And, you know, I realized also it wouldn't continue without us. So you either jump right in and do what you can to keep it going and add your own talents to it to uh, hopefully continue to thrive and I've really enjoyed it even more so than I anticipated. How did those skills that you worked in Southern Illinois benefit you whenever you did decide to become part of the farming operation? You know, what I had learned across my career has greatly helped me. It has made it I would say a little bit easier because I had such a wide variety in my career and experiences from multiple businesses that I could pool together and uh, utilize. But I really think it has helped the farm quite a bit and actually changed the farm some because 
Wayne and his father grew up here and they did this from birth. And so they, of course, were heavily into the production side and that's their passion. That's what they know. That's what they're good at. And it's extremely time consuming. And when Wayne's mother had joined the business, his dad needed the help with production when their children were small and they were really growing the acreage and planting a lot of new orchards. And so she too loved the production side. She's a gardener by, uh, by passion and heart, I would say. And so that was a very natural fit, the production side. And she loved to work the harvest crews where I think out of the four of us, I probably have, uh, a much different side of talents as far as I love retail, I love marketing, I love helping Wayne behind the scenes with the wholesale sales and marketing our wholesale side of the business. And that's something that Wayne and his parents had not really had time for as they grew the farm. So I think it was a breath of fresh air and something that the farm could use moving forward as our industry has changed so much and retail is so much uh, more valuable to a farm like us now. So you talked about the changing um, times of farming and of having the orchard. What is the landscape of Southern Illinois orchards and how has that changed since you first moved here up until uh, this present day? Well, uh, there are very few orchards left in Southern Illinois. It's a very difficult business. It's very risky. Um, you have to be extremely committed to working and I would say when Wayne and I got married, there was much more of an off-season 30 years ago. Now there isn't so much that luxury. What's really changed in our industry is that we have had to go to H-2A contract labor, and that is a government program between the United States and Mexico. And anytime you have a government program going, you've got a lot of paperwork. It's extremely time consuming. You have to start months in advance of needing that type of harvest labor. And so we spend our off season preparing for that every single year. And then also food safety uh, became a huge thing in the U.S. after 9-11. And with food safety, and again, that's another state government run um, requirement now in farming, especially specialty crops like we are. And so with that comes a tremendous amount of paperwork and implementation and maintaining that program year round. And so... I would say those are the biggest differences in the farm that has really changed our industry the most. And both of those programs are extremely expensive programs to have and be part of and maintain. And so, you know, you have to think of other avenues to up your income to pay for those things. And so that's when we've really gone heavily into the retail side, which diversifies our farm quite a bit. So what would you say has kept Runnaman Orchards here when other orchards have gone away in the past? 
Definitely passion is number one. If somebody's passionate about something, they're going to find a way. Um, and also, I would say the long history. You know, the more decades you have behind you, just a better foundation you have. And also that there was always somebody in each generation that did have that passion. Uh, some, you know, some families may not have somebody in the next generation that really is just passionate and committed to that or even wants to do that in their life. And so some have stepped back from this business because they didn't want to do this type of work or they didn't want to work this hard. That's a lot of it. And also good decision-making, good decision-making and saving for a rainy day always because in farming, there's always going to be that rainy day. There's always going to be a year that's catastrophic to your crops. And so when you do have those good years, you need to make good decisions and you need to reinvest in the business. So you talked about marketing and I know that you have a lot of ideas for the market and, and growing it. Where did that creativity blossom from? Well, I would say that's the most fun part of being in this business for me is when it's your own business, it's pretty limitless. And honestly, it's it's to a point where I have too many ideas <laughs> and it's it's a challenge for me to kind of harness those ideas and step back, don't don't act on them too quickly, do my research find out just because it would be neat and interesting and fun and people would love it doesn't always mean that it's going to be a good addition for our business or a profitable addition. And so I definitely don't want to do anything unless it is going to add revenue for us and uh, because we can only do so much. So we have to pick and choose what we're able to do and what's going to make us the best revenue, what's going to be sustainable, what makes sense for Wayne and I as we continue to age. We have to think about what are we going to be able to do 10 years from now or 15 years from now. Uh, we're both 54 years old and so we have Ages to but a never Michelle Come on now. <laughs> that's what I like to think <laughs> but I do think about those things because when you're investing in a business this size and the money that you know you can spend quickly in it it needs to be something that you plan to do for quite a while how does Wayne assist you in in your bold ideas that you have for the farm well he tells me no a lot <laughs> And then what do you do to convince him after that now? <laughs> I start making lists. Lists and lists and lists. And then he knows once I put it into an Excel spreadsheet with a plan that I'm serious. And then I just keep getting that plan in front of him. Hard copy, email, text messages. Uh, I try to bombard him from every angle so that he usually caves and uh, starts implementing some of those things. But honestly... I would say my first year or two, I, I really was very frustrated because I was trying some new things that were extremely different than what we had done. And you try to come into a family business and you're the fourth wheel and 
The other three wheels have worked together for 30 years, two of them 55 plus years. And so to have somebody come in with other experience and try to make a lot of change, it doesn't always go over so great. They're not quite as excited about my ideas. and uh, But I would say that once we implemented a few of the ideas and saw those come to fruition and be successful and the people in Southern Illinois respond well, uh, they opened up their eyes to maybe we could try this or maybe our region could support this. And I think that's what um, had kind of kept us in a, at a point where we were a little worried, would Southern Illinois and the economy and the population support what we wanted to do and try? And we have just been amazed at the response and the support we've gotten, especially to the flower fields. Everyone has a cell phone now. It's a smartphone generation. How has Rundleman Orchards, who've been around for so long, adapted into uh, the technology landscape that it is right now? Well, I would say that has just really helped our business uh, explode because, you know, early on when social media was first coming out, that was the you know, the thorn in the side of farmers, because farmers, you know, have that mentality, I would say that they're too busy for social media. And uh, I would say the general consensus early on was technology, you know, farmers go into farming because they love the outdoors, they want to escape from technology, not because they're able, but not able to do it, but because you know, many don't want to do it. They want to uh, be in the fresh air. They want to work with their hands. They want to work with their minds. But adding technology and phones uh, has grown on us because we have seen uh, in all the camera equipment and social media equipment and other technologies that we've added, I would say that, you know, we've seen the power of it. And the most exciting part of social media for us has been that we get to see our farm shared far and wide. And we see online orders come in from all over the country. Um, we've sold to 50 out of the 52 states now and ship all over. And that would not happen without social media. And the other thing that's really, really neat for us in social media, especially being a fifth generation Centennial Farm, is that it is a way for us to tell our story. We're able to share our history alongside what we have right now for sale and alongside of our processes and procedures and how we do it. And the public is just hungry for... Uh, a visual of how do you grow this stuff? How do you prune? When's bloom? How long does it last? What do you mean there's 14 different varieties of peaches and how do you pick them and who picks them and what do you do with them once you pick them? And <laughs> there's so much to it. And it's really a wonderful way to show and tell our story. This past summer, you were kind of an influencer with a certain t-shirt called Farmers Are My Kind of People. 
what was the influence there and um, were you surprised by how far it reached out into the social media landscape? Yes, I had a gut feeling it could be big, right? As soon as it kind of came to mind, um, when the pandemic hit, it was March and down in the Southern states, uh, Florida in particular was mid harvest and all of a sudden their avenues for selling produce were closed. <laughs> and so you saw farmers just dumping their harvest and for a fellow farmer, that's heartbreaking. You feel for them. You see all that work just being dumped. And I wanted to think about what I could do and what mostly how could I raise awareness for the importance of farmers in our everyday life and closed or not closed uh, events and stores and restaurants people have to eat. And so we needed to figure out something quickly in our industry. And just that was a really great awareness campaign for farmers and for us as a business. Uh, people learned about us that had never heard about us. And it seemed like we got a lot of people thinking about how they grow their food and who grows it. And you know, farmers were all of a sudden center stage of the pandemic because people were panic buying food. And so, you know, the farmers are my kind of people was a way for everyone in America to support what we do and uh, thank farmers across our nation for the blood, sweat and tears that they put in to put fresh, local and mostly food that is safe to eat. We have the safest food system in the world. And so it was it was a success right off the bat, but it just seemed to snowball and continue to pick up momentum. And then other um, ag influencers, female ag influencers, or like they call them, farm hers, they uh, really took to the message and also we decided to donate the proceeds from that awareness campaign to the American Farm Bureau, which has a mission of highlighting the importance of fresh food and the importance that that kind of specialty crops and food in general plays uh, in our day-to-day -day life and what ranchers and, and growers of all kinds mean to our health. Um, you mentioned being a, uh, a woman farmer and what's it like being a woman, a woman farmer and a woman business owner in Southern Illinois? Well, I would say the role of the quote farm wife has definitely evolved over the generations and over the decades and the farm wife has always been an integral part of the farm and the success of every farm. I don't think the women back in the day were probably recognized like the women now in my generation and younger, but the farm hers are not just 
cooking for their farmer and being a support. They're an integral part of the business and a real partner and have their own toolbox of talents that they bring to the farm to ensure its success. And of course, many women are actually running the farm and are the CEO of their own farms now. And so it's a whole different ball game, just like almost any industry, I would say. Absolutely. And let's talk a little bit about Southern Illinois. How has Southern Illinois influenced you and uh, Run Orchards? Well, I have a particular fondness of Southern Illinois that started back when I was 18 years old and left St. Louis for the first time um, for any length of time to come to Southern Illinois University Carbondale and I had such an amazing experience at SIU Carbondale that it was it was really a treat and a joy for me to get to stay here and to raise a family here and to call Southern Illinois home. But that was my original tie and my original uh, bond here was through the university. And, you know, SIU Carbondale, I would say, is the crown jewel of Southern Illinois. And it's the heartbeat of our region and our farm has partnered with the university over many many decades doing research here with the college of ag and the professors and grad students and so you know that's where my love of southern illinois started and then of course raising two daughters here and seeing them grow and flourish and become successful themselves and how southern illinois was their foundation as well as my husband's it just produces some really great people what do you think the role of the farm has influenced your daughters well I think, I think Rindleman Orchards, uh, their family farm has shaped who they are as people and as women. Our oldest daughter uh, definitely has the passion for agriculture. She works for a large uh, worldwide ag company and her background here and her work ethic and her knowledge of family farm culture I think has really propelled her career and helped her success. And uh, it's also a place for her to come back home and decompress as well. And uh, she, you know, I think she definitely would love to raise a family in ag someday. And then our youngest daughter, Audrey, forged her own way into the nursing field. And I think think her passion of caring for people and often caring for people that may not have as much um, started here at the farm. You know, she saw people from very diverse backgrounds who needed help and needed help with someone advocating for their health care and translating for their health care. And she definitely sees that need in the rural communities and has since come back to the farm, has moved here, lives in one of our rental houses, and is very interested in rural health care. That is amazing. And 
um, outside of your daughters, because I know that'd probably be my, your number one answer to this question, <sighs> but what are some of your yours and Wayne's biggest triumphs um, with the farm or, or, or even in life? I would say our biggest triumph to date with the farm is just remaining committed to it for 31 years as a couple. It's a very tough business to be in and it's a tremendous amount of work and it's not just a business and it's not just a job. It's truly a way of life that's 24-7 and we actually live here with our workers and so I would say the triumph of keeping it going into the next generation and being one of the larger employers in Union County, saying that we contribute to providing for so many families uh, has been very rewarding for us. I know you guys do a lot of charity work as well. We go into a little bit more detail about how you guys have helped the Southern Illinois communities. Well, (laughs) That isn't something we really actually uh, talk about so very much, so I appreciate you asking that. When you are a business owner in a small town or even a more rural region like all of Southern Illinois, you're called upon a little bit more than a typical business, I would say, because there aren't many businesses that can contribute and give back in so many ways. So, of course... You're always asked to help with various um, needs of your local school district for number one. And we're huge supporters of education. And uh, we also like to contribute to Bald Knob Cross. It's a big draw for Alto Pass and uh, that benefits our business. So we want to give back to that. And also it draws people to Southern Illinois in general. And of course, we also, being farmers, it's our duty to feed the world. And what better way to do that than give to some of the local food pantries. So we do donate on a weekly basis to these smaller community uh, food pantries, fresh produce, and make sure that we can get healthy produce in front of everyone no matter their socioeconomic background so those are just some of the ways michelle i want to thank you so much for your time with this interview and i know people listening are going to want to get in their cars and drive to alto pass right now but the market is not open at the moment so how can people buy your product right now and when does the season open for you guys Well, yes, we will open our season at the end of June at our farm market, and Wayne will be harvesting peaches then for the wholesale side of our business and shipping those in our own trucks all over the Midwest. But uh, until then, until our farm market doors open, you can go to our website, rentalmanorchards.com, and check out some of the apparel that supports the local and the the local movement and the farming industry and really promotes our farm and what we do along with some of our gourmet specialty gift boxes that we have this time of year. Well, thank you again, Michelle. This was a blast and uh, this has been Meet the 618. I can't wait till I pull that first peach off the tree when the season begins. 
Thank you for listening to Meet the 618. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back with other amazing individuals with a story to tell right here in the 618. This has been Meet the 618.